This episode of Fan Bro Show is powered by Marvel's The Inhumans. Yo, you can catch it in IMAX theaters September 1st. And then September 29th, it'll be on ABC. So make sure you check out The Inhumans. The battle for their world starts on ours. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. And what's up, Internet? You're listening to Fan Bro Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. Jason Voorhees is dead. Where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And it's your boy, DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. Dr. Whose Man Is This? Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Beverly Trill Billy, the anti-trife equation. Mm, do I need to say any more? I don't think so. I'm just trying to introduce my co-host right now. Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Trill, Quiss, Gin and Juice, Urso, Blackness, Everdeen, Deuce, Piccolo, and Sean Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Tatiana. How you doing tonight? Well, Tat- I don't know who Tatiana is, but... <laughs> Tatiana is here. Thank you for the welcome back, even though I never left. Um, welcome uh-huh. back to you, really, sir. Yeah, right. I wasn't here in the spaceship last no, week. You, you and Chico Leo had to hold it down That's right. for the NYCC preview. Yes, sir. And, you know, then I had to fly in from the space moons of Zamunda <laughs> and you know, make a little appearance. You didn't know that Zamunda had space moons? I didn't know Zamunda was in I mean, space. How about that? <laughs> No, it's not in space. It just has space moons. Okay, so you know I'm not even going to try to rectify your 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 attempt there. But yes, we did the wrap up for yes. New York Comic Con because New York Comic Con was this past weekend. It was insane per usual. Lots of work, lots of running around, speaking to literally like hundreds of cosplayers, taking thousands of photos, speaking to your favorites in pop and geek culture. And we got the goods, but I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, to say the least. You know, big shout-outs to our film and editing crew headed up by Ty the Robot because so much footage on that YouTube.com slash Fanbros show, which you should be subscribed to right now. That's YouTube.com slash Fanbros show. Yeah, there's so much on there right now. I mean, just all kind of footage for days. I got to talk to the creators of The Wicked and Divine, one of my favorite books, Mm -hmm. and got an in-depth interview with them. I mean, we were just sitting there chilling, talking about all kind of things, had a line forming up, a whole yeah. line sitting there watching us do the and interview. And it was great because this is three-parter. So that means you guys have, like, chock full of detail in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything you want to know, need to know, if you're a fan of the Wicked and Divine, Young Avengers, you know, any of these guys work, make sure you go check that out. I mean, we got so much stuff. We though. got I mean, stuff from Explosion like, come on, Jones. Come on. I spoke to Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed. I mm. spoke to Vivica A. Fox. I spoke to mm. the cast of Star Trek Discovery, including Sonequa Martin-Green. 
including Mae Jemison, the first. Say that again. Mae Jemison. Hello. Say the first one again. Say the first one again. Mae Jemison. <laughs> I said Sonequa and Sonequa Martin, Martin Green. Green, both of them, both of like it's it's crazy. So <laughs> it's I it's I can't even really say too much about it because you gotta watch the magic. Really, as Benami said, go to youtubecom slash show. You can also search for Fanbros TV online. It will take you to that place as well. You can Google it. You can go on YouTube, look for Fanbros TV, look for Fanbros Show. All of it will pop up no matter what. And on top of that, you know we got the Braps crazy, man. Like we talked to, as I mentioned, mad cosplayers. So you might see your favorite characters answer some Star Trek versus Star Wars questions or Batman versus Superman questions. Mm-hmm. You got to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, definitely. Big shouts to the D Chico Leo who was holding it down on the braps. You know, I know you got some of those. But what was your favorite moment from this NYCC? Meeting May Jemison and Sonica Martin. <laughs> the whole, honestly, that whole situation was life, mm. a life milestone, life monument. Like if you go through life and you have. You have save points where you would love to go back and, and <laughs> review that point in your life. That was one of the most fire save points in my life, man. <laughs> you keeping that file deep down on the <laughs> list. Like, you naming that joint, do, do not, not touch. touch. Do not erase this file. Like, this is, you, you, I met the first black Woman mm. astronaut, my guy. Mm. And you know, do you know what we talked about? We talked about science and tech and shit. It's just like, and do you do you know who I am? I'm the Grand Duchess of Tech. So I my mind exploded. And we talked about a lot more than that. But you guys have to go to our YouTube page and watch so you can get the details because it was just incredible. What about you, Ben? I mean, what was your favorite? I mean, first of all, I can hear your thud tears, you know, coming through the microphone <laughs> right now. So I fully because I'm a professional and I'm a thug. I didn't cry in their presence, <laughs> but as soon as they left, I, I pretty much doubled over <laughs> and thought I was gonna die right there on the spot. It was great. I did my best. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I'm over here like, yo, I talked to the dudes for Wicked and Divine. And I'm hyped. No, you should my, be, okay. though. That's, I mean, that's there were so many moments. Hype. Like, no, no, definitely because I really got to talk to them. It's one of my favorite books ever, and I really got some answers to some questions that I had about the book. So that was really ill for me. Um, but then, like meeting, you know, the fan bros, everybody who listens, who walks yes. up on us, you know, who introduce themselves. That was one of my. I mean, that's always. My favorite moments, wherever I'm at, you know, whenever I meet people who listen to the show and come up to me, it's just incredible. Uh, shout out to my man's uh, F7 Patches, who I met in front of Forbidden Planet one day. And then him and a friend of his came up to me and they reintroduced myself. We took some flicks. That was great. And then, I mean, you were there for mm-hmm. this moment, like when we were just walking through Artist Alley and I look over to my left, and I'm like, yo, that's Juno Diaz. <laughs> yes. He's over. He's at Marjorie yes. Lee's table. Yes. Hold up. And we run yes. over there, and Juno's just like, oh, you know, and he's as hyped to see me as I'm hyped to see him. You finally got to meet him mm-hmm. for the first time. You know, you know, I talked to him for a second. We got that on video later. So it's just, that was, because I haven't seen my brother since we did wow. the interview. You know, go back and listen to that, fan bros. If you haven't heard the interview with Juno Diaz, it's an instant classic. 
as good as it is now as it was then. And so that was one of my favorite moments, just talking to him, chopping it up with him, uh, chopping it up with Robert Kirkman. And I got to give you a huge oh. shout out because when you sent that video <laughs> from you, when you met Robert Kirkman at the Oblivion song, his new comic book, which also comics I cop soon as it mm-hmm. drops. But, yo, when you sent that video, like that was my third tier moment, Aww. like for real, because you know, the fact that you took the time to send that video and the internet, you can see the video. It's on my Instagram at DJ Ben. I mean, you can see the video, you know, she was chilling over there with <laughs> Mr. Kirkman and I wasn't at the press shoot cause I couldn't make it in time. And you know, she got the shout out for me, you know, the grand duchess came through oh. like, and then, you know, I got the child put up with him and he said he was going to come on the show, but thank you for that. Cause that, that, that really, Oh, you're welcome. And, and I, and, and Robert, Mr. Kirkman, are you listening? You better keep your word. Cause I talk to you directly and you know, if I talk to you and you tell me yes too, there's going to be some smoke if you don't show up. Okay. Okay. Word up. <laughs> Big shouts to Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. man. Um. <laughs> Yo, Fambros, please keep hitting this man over the top of the head with these tweets and these Facebook posts. Keep going at him because he sees these. He's liking each and every one of them, but we don't see any results, and he's playing games. Ben Hameen ran up on him at Barnes & Noble's earlier this year, and he's still playing games. <laughs> that means we got to keep hitting him. Keep letting this man know. And that just goes for everything that you want to see or the people you want us to speak to on Fanbro Show. Hit them up or tell them, yo, you need to speak to Tatiana and Ben Amin and everybody else who's doing a thing on Fanbro Show. Because like we said, this is important. This is life changing. This is the Fanbro's effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, people you don't need to hit up right now, though, are Saladin <laughs> Ahmed, the writer behind Black Bolt. Because <laughs> yes, we, we interviewed him. We yes. chopped it up with him in the Fanbro suite. You know, at NYCC, you don't need to talk to nope. Evan Narcisse, the new writer of the new Black Panther, or uh, what is it, Rise of the King origin series. We mm-hmm. chopped it up with him. Um, I'm just trying to think. Fred Van Lente from Valiant and War Mother, the book I'm always talking about. We also met up with yeah. him at NYC. Shout out to Kari Randolph, Emilio Lopez, Joe Illich. I mean, the list goes on and on. It was just so many yeah. people. So shout out to all of y'all. Shout out to everybody out there who is at the and con. Just, shout out to everyone who con. came to my panel because I was actually actually paneled. Mm. It was last minute, but I paneled with Valerie Complex and Isabel Price mm-hmm. um, and, and Nicole mm-hmm. Horn, Horner. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, but we talked about black. It was called Black Superheroes. Luke Cage, like like between Luke Cage and Black Lives Matter, and we were just talking about our our experiences mm. as fans, um, how we got into comics and, and geek culture and all that other stuff. And, and, and what's the dopest thing about the panel was it was all black women. Ed, from, from the host to us, mm. it was just black women leading in a completely standing room only room. So shout out to that. Thank you so much to everyone who supported. Thank you to everyone who talked to me afterwards. If, you, if I talk to you and you gave me a card, I will be hitting you up. Be sure you hit me up as well. And and again, just very appreciative of all the love and support we always get at these events and outside of these events as well. Word up. Like, thanks to everybody. Make sure you check out all the footage on the YouTube. Like we said, youtube.com slash Fanbro Show. There's also a lot on our Instagram at Fanbro Show, on the Twitter, on Facebook, 
all of the places on the internet's fan bros show just go hit it up make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're at on itunes soundcloud spotify it don't matter just go ahead hit that subscribe button and then you know get you all this good stuff because we got so much more all the cosplay in the world not only with the braps we got the cosplay videos coming it's just i mean like too much and i mean speaking of too much I had to collect myself. Um, the Last Jedi trailer. A man Luke said, "This is not going to go the way you think it is." I caught chills right there. Like I caught serious chills right there when my man Finn said, "Come on." And brought the hammer down on what's her name? Ray. And you could see his reflection in her armor. Oh, you're armor. talking about Phasma. Phasma. Yeah, and yeah, Captain yeah. Phasma. Yes, you could see Finn's reflection in Captain. It was Phasma's hype. Armor. Like Captain Phasma. Captain like, Phasma is one of my favorites. I obviously love FN one eight seven on an undercover cop. I love him, and I mean. Mm-hmm. I I was I told you I, I would I actually became like I've always liked Star Wars and really liked the different aspects of it, but I became to me a true fan when um when the first when the movie dropped last year. So now seeing the continuation of the story, I am one hundred percent. Well, I've already been invested. Now I, I'm even more invested again. I love seeing the as you said the, the the fight scenes. I love seeing the fact that Ray got that lightsaber going. That you you it it's. I don't, it's like, I don't want to talk too much about it because I want to be just as excited when I sit down. Like, I don't want to overdo it in terms of getting all this detail about the movie before mm-hmm. I sit down and, yep. and be amazed again. Because for, for all the flaws people had with the first, like, I didn't, I, I just was really happy. I was just really excited and into it. Hmm. No, like me, I like I didn't I didn't even want to watch the trailer first. You know, as soon as it dropped, people hitting me on Twitter, you know, adding me with it, and I'm like, damn, yo, chill. Just like, let me decide if I want to watch this first. You know, because the director at one point, Ryan Johnston, had said, don't watch anymore. And then so I heard when getting, right so before the trailer dropped, you don't want us to watch no more. This is the thing. He doesn't have any control of that. He doesn't even really have that much control over what's in the trailer. Like, he has some things, but a lot of that is just down to marketing and Disney, the corporation. So, it's like, I don't even think he'd seen the final trailer until, like, right before it dropped. Because right before it dropped, he got super hype and was like, yo, go watch it, go watch it, go watch it. So, I went and watched it. And I love the misdirection in the trailer. Because when I watched it, I was like, oh, man, is that about to really happen? But then, like I said, when Lute said that line, was I was like, okay. And then the more well, wait, I watched the trailer, the I yeah. Well, I don't want to give away points for people who haven't seen it. But let's just say the very end, the very end closing shot that seems to say one thing about a character. Oh, I don't yeah. think of saying that at all. I think those are two separate moments where so it's you're just talking about, cut together to look so like you're that. Talking, I think a lot. You can talk about who, what characters the, it was. You were talking about yep. Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah, and I think a lot of the trailers cut like that. I think there's a lot of stuff where it's like, that's why Luke, that, even that line yeah. might even be cut up. You know, that line might, he might be saying a whole longer thing, but I think it's cut up to say that, to make that point to people. Like, because everyone thinks this is to be Empire Strikes Back because everybody thought The Force Awakens was just a new hope. 
And even though I don't agree, I can see, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, you know, homage, whatever, lazy storytelling. But I just love The Force Awakens so much because of Ray. Isaac, Finn, Isaac, I, you know, Isaac's, uh, Oscar Poe Isaac, sorry. But, yes, Poe, I mean, like, like uh, yes. but yeah, Damn to your right. point, trailers, they, at least the good ones, they, they all do misdirection, right? They all chop up different scenes from that are not yeah. at all related to each other to make the audience think one thing. Uh, or to or to feel certain things mm-hmm. because that's also an art in in trailer yep. editing that you want to elicit certain feelings like yes. you can have several trailers for the same movie but make it come off as different genres like you could someone could edit this and make it this come off as straight drama someone could edit and make this a comedy like and and it really just depends on what they piece together mm-hmm. and to your point yeah I think you're right that that this is definitely misdirection. There was misdirection in Force Awakens, so I, I just think that's more of that. Yep. And on that note, it's so funny because Phantom Menace, I think, might be the greatest trailer of all time. Because I watched that joint so many times before the movie came out, and it gives you no clue to how terrible Jar Jar is going to be or how terrible any of the dialogue is going to be in general. It just is so well done because it's just music and these shots that make you remember how dope Star Wars is, but that's it. Like, go peep it on YouTube if you don't believe me. As bad as that movie is, that trailer is still so sick. Like, whew. But yeah, that, that, that man, last trailer. Oh man. Mm, mm, mm. man, you know, and as always, we got much more to come on the show. So, you know, make sure you go hit that subscribe button while we take this break and pay a few bills over here. What up, Internet? This episode of Fanbro Show is powered by Marvel's Inhumans. On the dark side of the moon exists a civilization unlike anything you've ever seen before. They're more than human, they're inhumans. Be sure to experience the first chapter of this astonishing new saga early September at IMAX theaters, September 1st. Get your tickets now, be inhuman and IMAX.com, and watch the complete series on ABC on Fridays starting September 29th. Two brothers, one throne, the battle for their world begins on ours. Watching all the dopeness on YouTube, so I ain't gotta worry if you're enjoying this joint. You know what I mean? I know you are. You love it. So dope. And you know what else is dope? The guac is extra. Yeah, bitch out to Super Bad Larry. Definitely caught up with him at Comic Con for creating that dope ass guac is extra drop. Oh, I missed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was out there real quick, you know, real quick. You know, so shout okay. outs to him. Shout outs to everybody else. Like we said before, you know, y'all got to get in some questions. I mean, some questions. I know everybody's real tired from Comic-Con, so I understand. But big shout out to Mellow Marketer, Fan Bro Show, own Mellow Marketer, who sent in a couple of questions for us this week. And he said, after watching The Mist again recently, 
I was completely wrecked by the ending. What movie endings hit you the hardest? That's a great question. Ooh. Hmm. I got to think about this because I know there's one in my head that I'm not pulling out right now. I'm going to go with Logan right away because that's like the most recent one for me. Cause that was oh crushing. okay okay yeah. I, I, oh man that, that's a good one yeah that was devastating I, yeah I'm I may have to agree with you on that at least recently from yeah recent history that that was like it was so good and I was satisfied but at the same time I was sad as fuck like mm-hmm. damn yeah I would definitely say Logan the mist is also up there for me the mist is like that is an effed up ending. Right there, that joint is hardcore. Um, it's not really effed up, but I got to put Rogue One up there because Rogue One was just such an incredible ending to me. And every time I watch it, it suggests me because it's just like boom, 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 right. boom. Movie's over. Well, in mm. that way, yeah, it's not a sad ending. It's just that it's it's visceral in terms of your your emotion that comes mm-hmm. out of it. Like I definitely had real live tears in my eyes after that Darth Vader scene. Real live tears. Mm-hmm. Not thug tears, but like just tears <laughs> of expression and joy. <laughs> yes. It, yes, I, I definitely get you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this just, there were some great movies this year, but I don't know. And, and if there was anything beyond that, that really like made me, like hit me in my gut, whether it was happiness or sadness. Mm-hmm. All I right. have to think about that a little bit more. Yeah, Next that's question. definitely a great question. And his other question tonight is uh, Kevin Feige. Feige? Feige? <laughs> we'll never say his never. name correctly on the show. Yeah. Once he comes on the, the show, deal, we will. No, we won't. Uh, uh, <laughs> facts. Um, he announced that Avengers 4 will be a conclusion for most of the franchise. What do you think the new MCU will look like? Hmm. So when we say conclusion of the franchise, what are we talking about? Just the current timeline with the current actors? What are we talking about? Yeah, I think this is the end for like the series of Iron Man, the Thor series, the Captain America series. You know, I'm sure we're going to have, you know, Doctor Strange 2, of course, you know, Black Panther 2, of course. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. This class of MCU, this is going to yeah. be coming to an end. And then, because we already know the MCU is going to keep going till oh. we're old and dead. But yes, uh, what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. Younger. Definitely mm. it's going to be it's gonna be a lot younger because that's always the, the next thing when it comes, particularly in media, particularly when it comes to the money. They're always looking for that 18 to 34 range. So you're going to see younger actors for sure. I wonder if you're going to see a dark skin storm that would be nice um even though that's fox excuse me that's not mcu but that, that to me that's all part of it <laughs> to me that's all part of it yeah, i'm gonna have um, to wait on that one yeah um i i think stan lee is a liar uh, or maybe he just play, he just says crazy things the mcu slash marvel's not getting the, the x-men back ever nah so mm-hmm. as long as that stuff prints money it's not happening so i think we're Long story short, I think we're going to see a lot of the same in terms of you're not going to see, unless some surprise shit happens, you're not going to see characters that uh, we the MCU never had ownership of for the last decade anyway. So at least in c- cinematic, right? So I don't think you're going to see that much of a difference besides people being younger. Mm. 
Well, one thing is like they already have a uh, Captain Marvel. That's uh, Brie Daniels. They already have Tom Holland for yeah. Spider Man. So they already have a lot of people locked in, you know, for their next, you know, few years or whatever. Yeah. And I think we'll see some newer characters come in. Like, I mean, not newer, but like, I don't think we're going to mm-hmm. see anyone else. I don't think there's going to be an Iron Man movie with uh, more machine in it. You know, sorry, um, Don Cheadle. Do I just think, don't see that. Do you think they're going to pull in more characters that haven't had a cinematic transformation yep. yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think though they maybe you know hopefully might spin off some characters from like Black Panther you know spin off characters from Doctor Strange, but then Ooh, also okay. just yeah that's a good one that's a good one let me let me so let me back up my comment yes mm-hmm. you're gonna see those those spin offs from these like Ragnarok movies from if if yep. everything goes Tessa Thompson's way there's gonna be some type of movie that involves her Valkyrie and some other female mm-hmm. characters um, yes to your point there's probably gonna be some type of spin off for Black Panther. Yeah. Hopefully. I yep. don't know. Yeah. And then other than that, I would love to see Kang, the time traveling villain from Marvel. But he's like tied up with Fox, so I'm not sure how that's going. They've been using him a lot in uh comic books and everything, but I think mm-hmm. he'd be a great replacement after Thanos. And with time travel you could do a lot of really ill, weird things. So I'd love to see him come into play. But beyond that, I'd like to see it go smaller. And I think Fahey already said that that is the goal for it to go smaller, like more character driven, not these, you know, because you can't do much after Infinity War. Like mm-hmm. it can't get much bigger and bad in that because really Thanos has time on his side, too. He can time travel just as well as he can do anything else. So, you know, after that, you got to scale it back. Like, you know, you got Spider-Man 2 back in Queens, you know, just the little joints like that, you know, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I can't wait for. So, you know. I think we'll see, like you said, more of the same, but just with new characters. That's pretty much it. I just don't think you'll see a Thor 4, Captain America 4. Maybe a Captain America 4. You know, but see, the Captain America that. films has been the best in those in that, mm-hmm. in that Avenger group of But that's people, due to the so. Russos who have been doing Infinity War. So it all depends on what they do after Infinity War. True. And they might be burned out. So. Okay. Very oh, true. And speaking of burned out and depleted and disgusting, and I cannot believe that we have to make this trip again, even though people have been asking about it all the time, you know, wondering. And, you know, this week, mm, I mean, you know, normally I'd be so happy about New York Comic Con and everything else going on with the show, but, you know, got to get on that boat, travel over that aisle. And it's got, I mean, you know, it's not a permanent resident now. We got to drop off like this man. You know, never return from this, you know, little place we like to call Trifling Heights. It stinks. It like, like literally it stinks. It's a scent and a stench that I do not like. Do a not stench. want. Yes, <laughs> yes, a stench. Good word right there. Because in Trifling Heights, we present the most trifling people. For those who don't know, you know, who've never taken this trip before. You know, we people who've reached the height of trifling. <laughs> so after living in a land all their own, trifling heights. And this man really deserves not even to live on trifling heights. Like, we got to scoot him over to the side wherever Mr. Trump ends up. You know, people like that. Because Harvey Weinstein... Uh, I mean, just fuck that dude. That's all I can say. Like, Pretty fuck much. that dude. And, like, it's just a disgusting behavior in Hollywood and pretty much any medium. You know, when people get power, they abuse it. 
But Hollywood seems to have a very, you know, specific abuse of this because it involves young, beautiful people. I guess, and so it involves you know everybody out there has heard the news. Young men, it involves youth particularly, but also people. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that rape culture is so pervasive and rampant in our society, Mm. and then even more so in the nexuses of power, Hollywood being one of them. And to see all this come out the way it's come out, the things that women have been saying for years or have been afraid to say because of the backlash that is happening or because of the backwards responses they've been receiving, things like people telling them, why didn't you come up sooner? Like, it's just like, you're answering your own question, dude. <laughs> like, are, are, are you serious? It's This has never really been a safe space for victims. There's never been a safe place for victims in the society at large. And Hollywood was was one of the places where that just continued to fester forever. And it's things like this that really make you, and I hope it makes you want to really seek out the ways to, to, one, get these people out the paint. Put them in front street and get them out the paint. Get them out of these areas of power as much as possible. Work with the victims. Believe people when they tell you when something happened and respect these folks because it is the things that people have been sharing. Uh, Obviously, Rose McGowan is a big is a big name that has been going on throughout the last few weeks. Kate Beckinsale, Cara Delevingne, uh, what you said, um, Dawson's Creek, James Vanderbeek. Terry Crews. Now, not all of these people, and, and there's some other people that, that I, I would maybe name as we go along, and some that I may not name, but, and some of them may not have been abused by Harvey Weinstein directly, but the fact is, he's part of the greater problem. He's part mm-hmm. of... To say the, the least. To say the least. Like, he's part of the fact that they think it's okay, like sexual assault and rape and all that stuff, they think all that stuff is okay, because they get away with it, and they have been getting away with it more or less their entire lives. And this, I feel like you got to take the whole Hollywood and throw it away. <laughs> this, I just feel like, just pick up the whole thing, just throw it away, start over, man. Because it's, 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 it's beyond comprehensible how this continues. And we know, and, and, I, and, and, I, and I say that, I know the answers of why you don't have to at me. I, I get it. I, I actually know the answer. It's a self-responding question, but... It's, I, I have to say again, just it's reprehensible, the things that are happening and continue to happen in this world and the way that victims are treated. Mm-hmm. And like even like as it uh, Seth MacFarlane, right, the current star of Orville, who's at the Oscars a few years ago, and he made a direct joke about this. And the whole crowd, you know, laughs. And it's like, you know... Yeah, you have to interrogate yourself with shit like that because... You, uh, rape jokes aren't funny. No. Sexual assault jokes aren't funny. And the fact that you would laugh at it and or say, or brush it off like, oh, they're making a joke. Well, it's jokes like that, which keep that type of thinking and culture the way it is. It keeps that strength in that going because people trivialize it. And that's a problem. So you can't accept stuff like that. You can't let that shit slide. There's stuff. And, and also what's happening with all this, because this is the big story of the year at least right now 
all of the receipts are coming up. Hmm. Everything's bubbling to the surface. Everybody's transgressions and, and shit that they've done and whether it happened five years ago or five minutes ago, all that shit's coming up. And that's what I want to make everyone clear on. You, you, even if you're getting away with that shit right now, you are not going to hide forever. It's going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. For real, for real. Like, you know, even Ben Affleck and a few others who were, you know, calling Harvey out, got called out for their own actions. And, Ooh, you know, it's definitely like it's and I mean, I hate to be a man and say it, but men are trash. Like we do a lot of trash things. You know, people always get mad at, you know, women for saying that. And, you know, I've seen people say, oh, that's why you can't find a man. And it's like, no, men do a lot of really trash things like in American society, especially men are granted such a privilege that we don't even realize like 99 percent of the time. And as a man myself, I know that because I've known for, I mean, I didn't realize for a long time even, you know, how trash I could be and how much power I had just by being a man. And a lot of men don't want to accept that. It goes the same way with white people. Like when they don't want to accept the power they have by being white, you know, and they just, and things like that are a problem and they're just multiplied, you know, in Hollywood and having, working out here now, having been in it, and really seeing what it means when people are talking about Oscar so white, you know, and things mm. of that nature. When people are talking about this system that's in place out here, it's very intrinsic and it needs change. You know, it needs more yeah. people, representation of all kinds. The woman who was at, uh, just hired as the diversity head at Apple needs to take her ass on over to Triflin Heights today, too, <laughs> where she's talking and, about... And- 12 blonde hair, blue eyed white men could have a diverse discussion or could represent diversity. Oh, what? What? And to fix that just a little bit, I found I've realized today she's been at Apple for like 10 years. Oh, no, she's been. She just moved on. She's always been director of HR. She's always been director of HR. They just upped her her title to VP of of inclusion and diversity. They played her. She's been there the whole time, so she's part of the problem. She wasn't ready. Yeah, because now, see, that's the thing. They put on Front Street. That's, you, you know, before when you just had a, you know, human resources. Oh, okay. No, I'm the diversity head. Let me come out here and say something stupid. You know, so now it's like, you know? Well, no, but that also, that also tells you that if she's been there for 10 years and they've had this problem for 10 years, then mm. who's the problem? Mm. Like, just because you, you, you take a black woman and put the title on her and say, oh, well, she's going she's gonna to fix all our ails, it doesn't mean that you're making change. Like, she's she been part of the machine. Wow. She said, and I, she's got to be part of the machine because she said that. Like, who says that? For real. Like, who just puts yourself on front street? Like, why? You know, why would you just put yourself on blast? Well, now that we're jumping through all of the hoops in Trifling Heights, we already mentioned several people now. Gotta mention your boy Tyrese. <laughs> oh, I mean, before we get to him, though, we'll get back to him because you know there, there's like a hierarchy, and we gotta. Ah, mention there is a hierarchy. Yeah, you know he he's just taking a short trip. A lot of people are taking <laughs> longer trips. ESPN, ESPN oh. right now is oh. taking a longer trip. Yo, I love me some pardon interruption. I love me some around the horn. I've been working out here, so it's hard for me to catch. But I absolutely love the six with Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, and they're, I mean, they've just been killing it from day one when they took over that. They have been killing it, and they faced all kind of nonsense and disrespect from, you know, just the general populace. From everybody. Yeah, from everybody, and they still stay killing it, and then ESPN want to suspend Jamel, 
And ESPN is also in every right to do this. They've done this to white dudes. They, you know, ESPN don't play. You know, they're a corporation, and they've done it to anybody, especially when it comes to people speaking against the NFL. They don't. It's not about so much that they don't play. They don't play about their bag. If they see yep. anything that can be perceived as a threat to that money stream, mm. they're going to shut it down. Yep. That obviously, Ben saying he's he's also not condoning what they've done no. because when you really go into the whole thing, it, they did it for no reason. It's she's. It's not new that she's been speaking out about folks like Trump and even before Trump. Like she's always been outspoken and t- talking about things like this. But it. But the fact that. She had a dust up with them a few weeks ago about her tweets about Trump. And now she came back again with tweets about um, help, telling people that if they feel some type of way about about the Cowboys owner's statement, that the the best way to to show how much you care basically is to boycott their advertisers. Hmm. And once that happened, and, and those same advertisers are also advertising on ESPN. And for, for when ESPN saw that, that was a line that they, they that was too much for them. And they said that they were gonna they're gonna suspend it. So she got suspended for two weeks, or will be suspended for two weeks. Yep. And I I mean, while I understand, I do not condone. And since I don't work for ESPN, I'll say fuck Jerry Jones and everybody <laughs> who loves them, and fuck the Cowboys and fuck their advertisers too, because that's some nonsense that he's saying. And the whole idea that these NFL owners are trying to flip it and make it a you know a political because Trump said something. Fuck all y'all. Moving on, you know, for the short stay, my man Tyrese. Oh, yeah. So oh. I, I, I bring him up because we, we've been talking about, we even had an episode titled after him, but about his Damn. tantrums on IG, talking about telling The Rock where he, he, he should and should not be doing, quote unquote, for the fam. Well, The Rock actually. <laughs> for the yeah, tribe. Sounds, that was my favorite so one. So The Rock did kind of, not really a subtweet, a sub insta. The the rock kind of subtweeted him or sub instant him a little bit. Hold he on, hold on, a- hold on. That that that's the funny thing about this story. The rock yeah. didn't originally put that up. Your man. No, Ty so wait. Dr- well, let me tell you which one up. because I'm not talking about oh. the one. I'm not talking about the one where where the rock was talking about Tyrese's album. That's actually yeah, super. There's old. more than one. Well, yeah, God, that God. video you're talking about where everyone's been circulating, that's actually super old because yep. The Rock was, it was like a joke, serious. The Rock was talking about Tyrese's Black Rose album, which came out like three, four years ago. So we're not, so that's yep. an old video. The, the video I'm talking about is on The Rock's Uh-oh. IG where The Rock is saying that um, how big dogs eat and little dogs sit <laughs> on a porch and whine. Oh, I saw that video, but oh. Yeah, because he put that out like kind of right after the Tyrese stuff was getting to breaking point. And he was just like, you know, at the, he said at the end of the day, so what he says, shout out to all my big dogs because we're quietly on our weekend grind, earning sweat equity. He was he was working out and he had like these big chains on his neck while he was doing some push-ups or something. But then he said, at the end of the day, we're always willing to put in the raw work for the one thing we relentlessly chase every day, the results. And he says, have a hungry, productive weekend. He's talking about being a big dog, being a hard worker. But he, but the timing was just too perfect for it to be not related to Tyrese. Um, you got to agree there. I think you hey. fucked up, Tyrese, because The Rock ain't one person you want, like, coming after you physically. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, of not course. Not even physically. Like, just everything. You know, the Rock. Yeah, you want to be cool with The Rock, you know? So like, then, so then of course. It. All this is happening. TMZ runs up into Tyrese, and Tyrese is all, 
um, everybody coming at me like I'm hating. I'm not hating. I just wish he was releasing it at a different time. You know, fam, the Fast and Furious family, the fans, we all got to do it for the fans. <laughs> like, he just sounds so bitter and he sounds so weak sauce. It's just like, fool, you ain't got no other income but this. Like, why are you mad that The Rock is making money? It ain't like The Rock is worried about when you take a shit, Tyrese. Like, you need to, you know, get, <laughs> like, you need to keep it moving, bro. What you eat don't make him shit. Like, mm. So, you know, you can keep it moving right on into trifling heights. You know, take a quick stay there. Big shout out to everybody else for their lifelong stays. We'll never say your name again. <laughs> and if you need anyone else needs to get dropped off in Trifling Heights, hit us up. Contact at fanbros.com. You can also send your guac questions, your geekly asked questions, anything you need to know, anything you need answered. Hit us. Contact at fanbros.com or hit us on that Twitter at fanbros show. We'll be right back to wrap up this episode. Hey everyone, this is Carla Perez. I play Rita Repulsa on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the 90s. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. This is Nikki Phillips. And this is Stacey Strobel. Yo, this is Carly Hustle. Hey, what's up? This is Jamila from Girl Gone Geek. Hi, my name is Roxanne Gay. Hey, this is the Shameless Maya. Hey, what's up guys? This is Maya G. Hi, this is Reagan Gomez. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. Hi, this is Lola Oganayake. My name is Jamie Broadnax from Black Girl Nerds. Hi, guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you're not in a lotus position eating quinoa or, like, rapping to your your bae, you should be listening to fanbos. No, I said fanbos. Okay, hang on. Keeping me rocking that Cuphead, rocking that uh, Destiny 2, all them joints up on there. Make sure you're following us on there, twitch.tv slash show. You know, we got to get Tatiana up in there. Tatiana. Oh, I'm coming through. You know, you need to. You know, we got the graphics, we got the games, everything. Oh, that new Mordor, Shadow War. I mean, we, you know, we talking all this games and tech. That just must mean it's time for something. Tech Talk with Tatiana. Yes, that means it's time for Tech Talk with Tatiana. And I have one item that's very ridiculous, <laughs> to say the least. But it just shows you how pervasive this has been. So by this, I'm talking about Russian involvement in U.S. politics, our society, all that stuff. So... As you know, it's been found over and over again that Russians have meddled with the election and other stuff in between. Well, it's now been investigated and confirmed that there is a Russian-linked account that not only went through YouTube, excuse me, uh, Facebook and YouTube and Tumblr and all that, they even, oh my God, 
they even corrupted Pokemon Go. How? How, Sway? <laughs> How? How? So one of the things they've done, particularly on on Facebook and things like that, is there's this group called the Internet Research Agency, and they're linked to the Kremlin, which is which is the the governmental body of the, the quote unquote the Russians. But this group IRA, they created a campaign called "Don't Shoot Us," and the purpose of this campaign was to both incite racial hatred and to uh, make people uh, get angry, basically, about everything that's been happening. Um, they tr- Basically, the Don't Shoot Us was referencing Hands Up, Don't Shoot. And they were trying to piggyback off of all of the protests uh, that stemmed from Michael Brown and everybody else. Well, this campaign, they decided to put together, um, they put together a website called Don't Shoot Us or Don't Do Not Shoot Us. What they did was they created a Tumblr account which announced a contest encouraging readers to play Pokemon Go. And what they specifically did was the contest directed the readers to go find and train Pokemon near the locations where these incidents of police brutality had taken place. Once they would play Pokemon, and if everyone remembers, if you had played Pokemon Go, you had to physically go to a certain location outside, like it could be a school, a library, whatever the case may be. So they told these people to go to these physical locations and play the game. So for instance, where Eric Garner may have died, uh, died, they, they may have told people, go there. So the users were then, after they were caught their Pokemon in these places, they were instructed to then give their Pokemon names corresponding with the victims. So when... One of the examples were there was a Pokemon that was named Eric Garner. No. And yeah. And then like they would show like the person posting them at that location. And that was supposed to be some form of protest. Of, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then if you won, the people who won the contest would get Amazon gift cards. Now, I don't know the levels of triviality or how, you, how much you can trivialize something serious. But this has got to be one of the deepest ways to do it and using tech as a way to do it. Ben, I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, (laughs) Because I feel like every time I went down a level, you just got more and more like, holy shit, what's happening? (laughs) I mean, you know, you know, there's a lot of equipment in the spaceship right now. So I don't know if you can see my face, but, you know, I just. (laughs) kind of was over here just cringing and just like it's like you know it's, just, it's literally levels to how just, bad this kept gets. getting worse <laughs> and then <laughs> to to use pokemon go as the the gateway is just just far beyond that same means i don't play pokemon go anymore and i damn sure didn't name no pokemon after any slain black people but my god the way the way these powerful organizations have been utilizing tech to pretty much disrupt or even further encourage disruption already present in America is astounding. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) Shout outs to everybody at Twitter too. Word up. Oh my gosh. Shout outs to y'all. Yeah. Shout outs to y'all. I don't know, man. But your ass right in trifling nights too. Um 
And that's technique. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> new Mario's coming out. Uh, you know, I'm try, <laughs> trying to say something to brighten it up. <laughs> oh, I've been playing Earthbound on my SNES Classic. There we go. I, I, I did finally get it um, during lunch. And I finally opened it up a day ago. So I've been playing Earthbound like, whoa. I've never played Earthbound before. So I mean, there we that's go. That's really good for me. I'm about to buy a Switch to get that new Mario. I can't lie. After playing Mario Kart on that joint. Stop yeah. playing, son. Every Bet how me and everybody else. Buy yourself a Nintendo Switch. It is dope. It's one of the dopest systems, at least modern time systems, since the Wii. I wasn't checking for none of the other things that came out during the Wii, but this is the truth, okay? Yes. If you're looking for a system to buy, get the Nintendo Switch, get Zelda, stop playing. Mm-hmm. I can't even get Zelda right now because my life will disappear, so I'm away from Mario oh, you're, you're... and give all my life to Mario. Shout out to the Crystals from the Reed because she's playing Zelda on... <laughs> I know how she gets, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. All the way in. All right, and speaking of all the way in, coming off of New York Comic Con, it's time for Comic Psychot. And so much comics. I mean, so much comics. Shout out to everybody at the con. Yeah, man. I was copping things left and right. You know, people were lacing me with stuff. Just. It's, you know, it's a beautiful time every year. You know, it's like my Christmas, my Halloween all rolled into one. But this week, that just dropped this week, the new issue of Runaways, I recommended the first issue. The second issue is now out for Marvel. If you don't know about Runaways, it's about a team of superheroes who are all young kids who find out that their parents are evil supervillains, and so they run away from them. And there was a series out uh, back in the 2000s, like it might have been like late 2000s, yeah, real late 2000s. And it's one of the best series ever from Marvel. Go read those first 12 issues and then pick up the new Runaways because I'm loving it so far. Like, I can't lie. It's really tough to take on these characters because I love them so much and they're doing a great job with all of them. So pick that series up. The new issue of Mr. Miracle by Tom King. Yo, Tatiana, the line for Tom King signing at Comic-Con. Oh, I, I mean, I, it's just so crazy to see this dude go from like last year was his, you know, first Comic-Con ever. And I remember seeing him. We didn't get to speak to him, but he was in the D.C. booth, you know, and people like the journalists knew who he were. All of the journalists wanted to speak to him, you know. But now this year, his line was down the block. It was easily the dumbest line I saw yeah. at all Comic-Con. I know there were longer ones, but that one was silly for this dude. And I'm, you know, happy for it. The new issue of Batman is out this week and Mr. Miracle, both by him. The Batman is the end of the jokes and riddles battle. I mean, the whole war between the Joker and the Riddler. And his his Batman run has been up and down, but this, you know, the war jokes and riddles is one of the best things this year, easily. The whole Ballad of Kite Man that happened in the middle of it is one of the best things I've ever read. I'm speechless. Like, fuck, fuck this dude. You know what I mean? Like, this motherfucker over here just writing genius shit every day like it's nothing. Like, I, mean, like, I know. Must be nice like, to be shout out to Tom King. You're a goddamn beast, dude. Also, oh man, so much. Uh, big shout outs to Ta-Nehisi Coates and Jen Bartell who are doing a Storm series. I talked to Jen 
at Comic-Con. She's one of my favorite artists. And this is the first time I ever got to meet in person. And she's just amazing. You know, her booth was so popping. That's another one. Like, every time I stop by Jen's booth, there's like 10 women standing in front of it. All like, oh, my God, look at Jen. Jen, Jen, Jen. Just loving her. And I loved it. Because <laughs> I remember last year it wasn't like that. And now she's doing a Storm series from Marvel, so props to both of them because they both deserve it. She's one of my favorite artists, and I've been waiting to see her do a book where she does interiors and not just covers. Whew. Also this week, you know, like we said, go to YouTube, peep the interview with the creators of Wicked and Divine, Karen Gillan, Jamie McKelvey, uh, and Matt Wilson, and fuck all three of y'all because I talked to y'all this weekend and y'all didn't tell me about the new issue of Wicked and Divine. <laughs> fuck all y'all. Like, I just talked to these motherfuckers and then this new issue drops this week and they didn't say a word. Like they had, they, that means they, they could have given me a preview they copy. Come you. on. You're, sir, you're press. They're not going to tell you because they know you're going to tell everybody else. <laughs> That's the anyway, point. the latest issue of Wicked and Divine, I mean, heartbreaking at the word like the series is going to end next year i think there might be 12 more issues maybe 14 15 at most but if you're not reading this book it's one of my favorite books go watch the interview if you need more proof but it's just one of my favorite books ever and oh my god this latest issue just broke my heart if anyone wants to talk about it hit me at dj ben i mean you know comics i copped i need to talk about it i'm so hurt Shout out to my homie Caesar. You know, he posted the gift of how he felt after I, after he read it. You know, exactly same way. Like, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. okay, yeah, I know I you were Comic Con. I know you picked up some stuff. What you get? Uh, well, first, I want to speak to something we mentioned it earlier at the top of the show. The fact that I mm-hmm. got to speak with Robert Kirkman. And we got to go to a very exclusive press um, press conference where he mm-hmm. talked about Oblivion Song. And I want to talk about that because I got to read the first, and you yep. do as well, we got to read the first three issues. And I really liked it. Um, I know for a lot of people it's going to be somewhat of a wait. It doesn't come out until March 2018. But that being said, it looks to be panning to be a very good book. To give you the understanding of what this book is about, the song again, the book is called Oblivion Song, or the series is called Oblivion Song. And it's about um, an incident that occurred a decade before the start of the story. It's when a parallel dimension transposes itself itself on a 30 square mile section of Philly. Um, What it did was it resulted in the sudden disappearance of about 300,000 citizens to an apocalyptic hellscape known as Oblivion while at least temporarily the monster grotesque animals of oblivion ended up in philly and fuck shit up so it's more that goes into it you actually follow um the main character nathan cole he is basically a survivor and he's going through oblivion trying to find people it the art is really really good it's fantastic it's very expressive um what i really love about it is the fact that even though it's kind of it's, it's a typical kind of apocalypse story, at the same time, I've never read a story where it was just like the dimension ended up in like <clears throat> okay Philly, <laughs> like it's just 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 that alone was was pretty new. So um, I, I like the direction of this. I like the the creative team behind it. Um, Lorenzo De Felici or Felici, he is the artist on this. He's done a really impeccable job with 
coming out with like not just grotesque but but kind of more realistic almost it's like mm-hmm. cartoon realist yep. realism if that makes any sense um I, I i i like the story of where it's going rob kirkman said it's going to be lots of twists and turns and if it's anything like what we know about his work you're going to be really invested in it so oblivion song you should absolutely check out and just like you, Ben, I mean, I was just really happy to see, um, like, like, like Juno Diaz, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about Comic Con just in general. But I was really happy to see Juno Diaz. I was really happy to see Marjorie Lou, and that monstrous though. Um, we gotta tell y'all now, buy yeah. the first book right now. Just make sure you do everything possible to get the first book. If you can get Trust that first issue, a first printing of that first issue, hunt it down right now. Is all I'm going to say on that. Shout out to Marjorie yeah. Lou. You deserve yeah. everything that's coming with that. If you're not reading Monsters, the first two trades are out, and it won't come back till next year, so you can go buy those and take your time with them. Read them slowly. The art, I mean, what's it? Sanaa Takeda? I'm, I'm not sure the artist. Uh, I know it's Sanaa, but I'm not sure of her last name. But, oh, my God, just absolutely just breathtaking art, you know, one of the dopest, illest worlds by Marjorie Lou. Monstrous, go pick that up. Yeah. I mean, okay. And you yeah, were right, I mean, oh, oh, that woman, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, just Osana, absolutely Takeda, beautiful. And also, I, I got to give a quick more. There's a couple other trades I picked up. Big shout out to Gail Simone. We didn't get to do the interview with her at Comic-Con, but we will catch up with her soon. Just a sweetheart, just a beautiful woman. You know, one of the best writers in the game. I finally picked up her Secret Six uh, trade. That's really ill so far. The Seven to Eternity, uh, the second trade in that is from Image. Another really ill series, uh, sci-fi, fantasy. I'm loving it. I mean, loving it. It's by Rick Remender with art by Jerome Opinia. And it's just, I mean, the art is beautiful. <laughs> and, the you know, just a dope, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, ill-ass, you know, world. You know, independent comic as always. And speaking of independent comics, one last one. Shouts to Ty the Robot on this because I copped it because of him. Scott and Gene by Matt Swittert which is this independent comic. Basically, it's a comedy comic about the X-Men where he just has you know them just doing utterly ridiculous stuff, and most of it always ends with Scott yelling at Gene. And it's hilarious and just a... Yeah. Gene. Just hilarious. It's a great little read. If you have a chance, pick it up. Scott and Gene by Matt Twitter. And thank you once again to everybody at Comic-Con. It was just beautiful. You know, everybody out there, as always, use that hashtag, Copped. Hit me up on Twitter, especially if you want to talk about Wicked and Divine, about that interview or that latest issue. Please hit me. Let's talk at DJ Ben Amin. And that's it. And make sure you're going to fanbros.com to read Mm -hmm. more about Oblivion Song. I actually did a great write-up, if I do say so myself. I did a a write-up about this series and just, um, and also just put in some, some stuff that was uh, the creative team spoke to me about and also pictures from the book. So if you want to get more about that, go to Mm -hmm. fanbros.com. And speaking of more, something, I, I don't know if you're that hype about this one, but you know I am. That Pacific Rim 2 trailer. Oh, fam. I am super wow. freaking hyped. Wow. I am through the I didn't expect this okay. at all, folks. I, I'm gonna, I, I, I'll probably do it again because I'm still hyped no matter what. I'm going to release my, because my, you did it for Jedi. I might have to do release my uh, 
response wow. or reaction video to seeing a trailer. But holy shit, this is what I wanted to see from Pacific Rim. This looked like a mecha yeah. anime. And that's what, and, and, and understood that that's just not Guillermo's lane. That's just not, his, was his vision for the first movie. But baby, when I say Pacific Rim 2 looks like everything I wanted it to be, the original to be, ooh, I'm so excited. And let's shout out John Boyega, who has two huge ass mm -hmm. movies coming out. Like mm -hmm. right back to yep. back. He might've missed out on Black Panther, but he's not really worried. He's like, I'm good. It's not too late. Part it's two? not too late. Who yeah, knows what two? might happen down the line? But he's about to have Pacific Rim 3 popping. Right. I already see that. Star Wars 3 is coming out. And, you know, who knows what's after that for him because that man is not going anywhere. I loved his vocal. Um, I know that's his, you know, British accent, but his vocal, like the, the Idris. The Idris in his. Yeah, but it's slightly different. That's not no, his normal no. British accent. He took. He took Idris's mm -hmm. accent in the, which is, and I'm so yes. happy you said that because yeah. I noticed that immediately. He took Idris's accent and applied it to his own. So he literally sounds yes. like Idris's son. Like if Idris' vocal cords could spit out a child, <laughs> he spat out John Boyega's vocal cords. Like it, it was, you was like, yo, that's, that's homie's son. And it, it was dope. I, I, again, I like the effects. I, I did a, you, you again, check out fanbros.com because we're going to post a bunch of stills from the uh, trailer and kind of talk through some of them. But I like the fact that you got to see more of the pilots, the fact that you got to see the new, um, the new, uh, I almost yeah, said Yeah, they are Jaegers. Yeah. Jaegers, yes, Jaegers, yeah. I was thinking, I'm thinking of Attack on Titan, Aaron Jaeger. But anyway, yes, you get to see the new Jaegers, you get to see new Kaiju, and you get to see new weaponry. And I again, I, I got so excited because it it read to me like almost like a mm. Gundam episode. And then not the slowness of Gundam, but the fact is that you see multiple mechs running around. You see them in action. They didn't look painfully slow like they were in the first movie. Like it was like they were all their joints had gum in the first movie. This time they looked like they were they were moving swiftly, that there was action and that there would be a, an actual cohesive story. So besides the the great things that the first one did, which was the world building, I think now they finally have the story. I hope so, up. because I do agree. The first one didn't have much of a story. It was basically like Independence Day or any of those other movies like that, where it's like, there's a big bomb at the end. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, so, but the one thing that I was blown away by was it was in daylight. Like, how much of that journey was in daylight? Yes! Like... <laughs> also probably the other reason why I was happy yes. you can see everything and that <laughs> means they're paying attention because you know to do things in daylight with all that CGI is very difficult and bitch out to them because I when I was watching it yo I was like yo I know Titan is gonna love like the fucking scene at the end when they all lined up when it's like boom 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 yes! and it was broad daylight and they're in the yes! middle of the city and it looked like like Godzilla 2017 like <laughs> it was super yes there were super duper shades of godzilla in it but i wasn't mad it wasn't like a panic no. type of thing godzilla. i i honestly watched this and read this like an anime done well in live action with shades of godzilla and other stuff in it because they it was more like a homage versus kind of mm -hmm. a pandering yep Oof, man yeah a lot of hypeness on right now I'm, no, I'm excited. I know that surprised you, but I was, I was and, freaking excited. And when since I we're saying surprising things right now with uh, Star Trek, 
Star Trek Discovery now in its what fourth, fifth episode. I'm all the way fucking in. Like, mm-hmm. I, I cannot believe how much a fan this has made me. I know long-term fans, not all of y'all are loving it, but I'm all the way in with this interpretation of Star Trek. It is just, like, my favorite thing on TV right now. Every Sunday night, I'm all there. Like, ooh, Wow. Yeah. I never thought I heard I didn't the think day so either. where Ben Hameen is singing the praises Singing of them. Like, I'm loving every moment. Like, man, that show is good. So, yeah, you know, I just had to say it, like, for real, for real. And, I mean, speaking of hype, once again, like, everybody hype about Black Panther. but And I can't even believe this. Like, I can't believe they're doing a Black Panther Lego movie. Like. Yeah, but I have to temper. Like, I got so freaking uh-oh. excited about this. But, but but it doesn't make it any less important, but I have to temper it a little bit. It's not going to be, like, a full-fledged cinematic oh. release. It's going to be a DVD digital I'm all release. over it. Who cares? Um... But still, it's still gonna be hype, and they they believe it's gonna release around the same time as the the actual wow. Black Panther movie. It's gonna be called, at least for now, Trouble in Wakanda. There's no release date or plot, um, but like I said, it, it, it's still gonna be Lego movies are really cool, so it's still gonna be around that same vein. Um, and as far as the voice acting, I don't know if the actual actors are gonna do the voices. We don't know yet. But that being said, yes, there will be a black panther lego movie that is great um and two biopic news that i'm not really sure about uh well one i'm definitely not sure about <laughs> one i have no problem with actually okay but, uh... well tyler perry will portray uh colin powell you know um but Why? but it isn't a dick cheney biopic so it's not like he's you know s- wait christian bale oh Wait, am I reading this right? Christian Bale is portraying Dick Cheney in Aiden. No <laughs> way! What? Well, well, first, I don't care. I don't care about a Dick Cheney biopic, and I didn't realize it was really a biopic about Dick Cheney. Oh my um, god! That, yeah, but why Tyler Perry? When I saw that, I just had the 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 question mark. Gif, like, I mean, he'll probably be in that there for like two minutes, you know, so who cares? But Christian Bale? Uh, yeah, I think maybe we just is one we just missed because I'm sure they, they talked about this, but wow, I think yeah. it's just somehow we missed this. Somehow Batman is going to be playing um, Dick Cheney. That's amazing. You know? Um, which isn't far from the truth, you know, yeah. but anyway, why not? Um, why not? Halliburton, also, the uh, uh, yeah, sounds like yeah. Batman. <laughs> the other biopic news is that Jesse Smollett, aka Jamal on Empire, he is maybe doing a Langston Hughes biopic, him as Langston Hughes. Um, he actually appears as Langston Hughes in the Marshall movie. And he had recently in an interview, he had said that when someone, when someone asked him, well, how did you get involved? He says, uh, Reginald Hullum, when Reginald Hullum um, asked him about it, about being in it, he said he'd, he'd do it under one condition, that within three years, they do a full Langston Hughes movie. And then, allegedly, Reginald Hudlin said, sure, yes, done. <laughs> and here we are. This Negro trying to have a Marshall um, universe. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard what's happening oh. in the MU? <laughs> they got oh. Langston Hughes coming next. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> Remember when Langston Hughes was in Marshall? Now he's in his own movie, <laughs> battling demons. <laughs> <You know? 
is still the MCU, the Marshall Cinematic Universe. Oh my God. Wow. It would be somebody from Empire trying to pull this one off. <laughs> I just want to know what they have next. Are they going to have like 20 years lined up in the Marshall Cinematic Universe? Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Ooh, Lord, I don't know where to go after that, but uh, shouts to Sylvester Stallone <laughs> directing Creed, not Ryan Coogler, because he's moved on to bigger things, bigger and better things. I mean, Creed too. I mean, Sylvester's a good director, but I'm just not, you know, mm, you know, I'm not looking out for Do you Creed think it's going to be worse? I don't know. We'll or see. you think it's going to be the end of the franchise? Nah. If, so, uh, no. I, I think it's the end of the franchise, even if Ryan Coogler was doing it. Like... You know, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I just think I think Michael B. Jordan has other things to be doing other than making creeds. He does. Yeah. He does. And one of them is co-producing and starring in Raising Dion on Netflix. Yep. So remember, I don't know if you remember Raising Dion, but we've talked about this uh, mm-hmm. like a, a year, a couple of years back, actually. And yep. I, I've been really, really about this project. It basically follows um, a single black woman who is raising her son that manifests superpowers. And not mm-hmm. just any superpowers, but like as the days and weeks goes on, his superpowers change. So one day he may have like telekinesis, the next day he can appear and disappear like Nightcrawler. Like it, 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 like the, the, the powers just go off and go in every which direction. And it's just about how they are surviving, how they are are coping with it um the the father was in the picture but he had died which is why now she's a single mother and again it's just following that that story between how they're living that life with such a a a fantastic part of that being being really sci-fi or supernatural and um they this has actually apparently been in the works for a couple of years now but it's been off and on since michael has been on different projects but they found a showrunner and they're gonna do this thing on Netflix. So I'm just sitting here like, who are they gonna cast? Hmm. That is a good one. That's that a is great a good question. One. Cause you need a yeah. young kid. I think I think the Dion in the at least in the the short film is based off of uh, by young. Dennis. Yeah, by Dennis Liu. Dennis Liu Liu did the original short film. The kid is like ten, maybe if that. Yo, give yeah, my man like from Ash Black and Sharon. Give, give the young boy from Black and Sharon. <gasps> oh, okay, okay, okay. Because he can handle good. comedy, so he can definitely handle the drama, you know, and he's young. He can, you know, yeah. Yep. Okay, he so you're talking about Miles, Miles, Miles Brown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. give my man Miles. He, he got a wicked jump shot, too. Give my man Miles some run. <laughs> And then the mom, they're probably, I don't, I'm not, oh, um, oh, so Michael B. Jordan is playing the dad, at least until the dad dies, but he is playing the dad and I'm sure he'll be showing up in some types of, there always are flashbacks of some sort. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. That Um, is crazy. Shout out to her and shout out to everybody involved in that because we were talking about that when it was just a little trailer and like, wow, like. Yeah, no, shout out to Dennis Liu because that that was it was Dennis's film, and then shouts out to okay. all the art, the the actors that were all involved in it, and yes, shouts out to to Michael B. Jordan, who's one of the executive producers on this. Um, but I'm really curious to see who's going to be cast as the mom. Mm. Mm-hmm. The mother's name is Nicole mm-hmm. Reese, so maybe Nicole Bahari from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe maybe uh-huh. from. Um, 
what's the what's the show that I didn't watch? Um, <laughs> ouch! Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Yeah. Ouch. I didn't either. All right. Um. Also, when speaking of shout outs, give a big shout out to No Totally, the homie Sean and his new web series, Sensitive. Yes. Co-show running the project, which focuses on different different aspects of Asian American life, and features a sensitivity reader and a stunt woman. Those are the jobs of the of the main characters. Wow. What is a sensitivity reader? It's like, I don't, I think it's one of those people who make sure that like different, cause it mentioned corporations and mentioned like, it makes sure corporations oh. and firms are sensitive. I don't know, just internally and externally or both, but making sure that they're, they're being PC. Ooh, wow. That is like the hell job right there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, big shouts to no totally. That's, you know, big moves for him as always. What else do we have? So much news this week. Just so much going on. Well, we, I mean, we're coming down the mountain now. We already know Mr. Robot is bike. Scandal yep. bike. Uh, how to get away with murders bike. Uh, Splackish has been a, a few weeks already, but it's back Yo, as well. Blackish, though. Blackish. Blackish. That, that premiere. That premiere. That premiere, the, the, the uh, Hamilton esque premiere. Son. Ooh. Son. Ooh, that was, yeah. Yeah. Chills. Yeah chills i keep yeah. saying they need to spin off the office like the office on blackish is like the most genius shit ever like the the interplay on that office needs its own <laughs> show i know they got grownish coming but, but but see that man. office that office stuff works very well because of the world it's in i think by taking mm-hmm. it out of that johnson household world then you, you may actually weaken it a bit more. i feel you i feel yeah. you it's like when they took Charlie out of the office, they kind of weakened it for a bit, but then they brought him back, and it has right. been on fuego since then. <laughs> Man, shout out to everybody involved in that. Yeah, anything else before we get out of here? Then, uh, just big ups, man. Big ups to Jill Scott. She's been cast as Lady Eve in the Black Lightning CW show. Big ups to Janelle Monae. Uh, you see her. You can see her in a new trailer or newish trailer for Amazon sci-fi anthology Electric Dreams. And big ups nice. to Aisha Hines and Rockman Dunbar, who has been cast in a new Fox drama. Um, it's going to also star Kenneth Choi. So uh, I think we might have to look at that, man. Mm-hmm. And also, big shout-outs to the homie Michael Green. You know, Blade Runner 2049 dropped this weekend. And, you know, I, if he kill me if I didn't say it's one of the best movies I saw this year. It's, it's one of the what? <laughs> Fed Bros. Fed Bros. Fed Bros. Fed Bros. 